This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Well, hello and welcome to um, a very special, a very sombre mm-hmm. episode uh, of Blood Red uh, with myself, Joe Rimmer, joined today with our full-time Liverpool correspondent, Paul Gorst. Um, it's just an incredible sort of pod that we're doing today. Um, yeah, Jürgen Klopp has announced this morning that um, he will leave the club at the end of the season. Bombshell news. Um, probably the biggest I've been at the Echo 10 years, probably the mm. biggest bombshell news I've ever dealt with. Um, I guess the same for you. And, and yeah, he, he says he's he's tired but burned out and, and, and has told the club his decision in November um, mm. and has taken the time now to announce it. Um, I mean, just we, we will cover various topics we will talk about this at length we'll talk about who could possibly replace him who else is leaving but just give us your initial thoughts as soon as you heard the news yeah I mean they, they took the decision earlier this week to have Klopp's press conference the day after the Fulham game yeah. so Liverpool drove back from London Wednesday night uh, and the press conference was for Thursday afternoon which it's unusual isn't it? a very unusual sort of manoeuvre from the club and you know, me and Doyle were travelling back from London yesterday with, with James Pearce of the Athletic, obviously formerly of the Echo, and we were kind of questioning why have they done that? It's a bit, it's a bit out of character, a bit different, a bit odd. Um, and apparently, people at the club were saying, "Well, Jürgen's got something on on, on Friday, so uh, he needs to do it today." And didn't really think too much else of it. You know, mm. Klopp has that many commitments week to week that it could have been a coaching meeting, it could have been a, a commercial sponsorship thing that he had to be at, or could have been any one of a number of things. So none of us twigged that it might be because he's sitting down with the club to announce that he is leaving at the end of the season. Um, he called it a bombshell there in, in the introduction and I think that is, you know, sometimes that word's probably overused, isn't yeah, it? Particularly yeah. in, you know, um, in the media, but I think that's a very fitting one. Um, certainly a shock to us when it comes through. We had no inkling of it. And, you know, it's kept very under wraps. Klopp said to Liverpool that he, he mentioned in November, didn't he? Or rather, probably told the owners, I'd... I'd hazard a guess that few people knew than, than did inside mm-hmm. the club. Um, and it was certainly a shock to us. It's a shock to people reacting to it. Yeah. It's a shock to former players, yeah. um, former employees. And it's a um, huge, significant moment that will um, need to be addressed. Um, and it's not just him either, is it? You know, a slew of backroom staff are, are also leaving. I'm sure we'll come on to them. But um, as an, an initial reaction, it was kind of. Ooh, we're going to have a busy Friday ahead of us and um, yeah, bombshell like you say I was in a meeting there and, and, and someone popped their head in and said yeah, someone's just said Klopp's leaving and I was thinking, oh someone's taking it yeah, yeah. You know, like, April the 1st yeah, yeah. and I thought, they must have got the wrong end of the stick There's, there must be something they're missing here or they've, maybe they've followed like a bogus Liverpool account you know, sometimes you see on Twitter um, but no, you know, walk out and it, it was real. I mean, first of all, I think it's incredible that the club have managed to keep this. I mean, I don't know how many people, like you say, Klopp told them, the owners, I'm sure Pep Linders and Peter Kravitz and his close, close people knew whether he told the players or not, we're not sure yet, but it's incredible they've managed to keep this in this day and age. Yeah. Um, so quiet for so long, um, three months. Um, I mean, fair play. But... It's it's just a club. Well, it's it's news that sort of turns a club upside down in some ways, doesn't it? Look, you know, all his backroom staff are leaving. George Schmacker is leaving the sporting director. Um, FSG have got a, 
monumental job on their hands now yeah. to sort of redesign. We, we were talking Liverpool 2.0, but this is going to be Liverpool 5.0 yeah, by yeah. the time they finish with yeah. it. It's, it's a monumental dis- dis- decisions for them in, in getting all this right now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you've got to replace the the, the best of the managers of the 21st century. Mm. You know, he's, I was only writing it the other night after, after the full game. You know, where, where is he going to sit in the kind of pantheon of greats when he eventually leaves? It's going to be a massive debate, isn't it? But he's certainly up there with... Paisley, Shankly, Dagley, whoever you want to kind of mention, um, and now it's it's kind of coming to an end. You can kind of start to have that debate a yeah. bit more, can't you? Um, so that's the first one they've got to get right. But also the structure within the club, you know, the kind of framework that's allowed them to be so successful yeah. across like the last sort of five years, isn't it? You know, the highly respected assistant manager in Pep Linders, mm-hmm. the connectivity to Matos between yeah. the, the academy ranks and, and the first team, and we've seen so many academy players become stars and, and certainly get a chance and chance this season already, haven't we? So that, that's going to be a role that they'll have to replace adequately for. And Peter Kravitz was obviously Klopp's kind of long-serving right-hand man, wasn't he? So it's a, um, it's more than just getting the manager right, really. Obviously, the manager will probably have yeah. a say on, on who he's going to be bringing in with his backroom staff. But then the sporting director situation, I think, is, is a big one on its own. You know, yeah. I, I actually asked Klopp about this last week. You know, what what's the kind of thinking for, for him and... Because he only signed a one-year deal, and it's coming towards the end of uh, yeah, Schmacker. It's coming towards the end of a quiet January. So obviously Liverpool are looking ahead to replacing a you know a sporting director who had actually retired before he was coaxed back into the job. So that was already a big enough thing for Liverpool to to resolve. So now they've got that on top of you know the manager and his backroom staff. So um, it's a huge undertaking for FSG and. Um, at least the, the speculation around yeah. them yeah. has been put to bed, hasn't it? Quite, you know, we can imagine if that was kind of hanging in the air as well. It'd just be panic stations left yeah. and right. Um, so at least you know it's been made public now. They've got sort of four or five months to yeah. get the ducks in a row. But uh, the speculation now it's going to be is going to be ramped up by the week, I'd imagine. And yeah. we've already seen you know Javi Alonso top of the yeah. Yeah. the odds list, and we've just had a little conversation about one or two other managers, haven't yeah. we? So. Those debates are going to go on, but um, it's going to be a sad day when the uh, on that final day does come. Yeah, my, my emails are, are filling mm. as we speak with, with John Barnes. Already spoken about Alonso. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't take him long. Doesn't take him long at all. But you know, emails filling up with betting companies sending me PR emails saying, "Shabby Alonso, Shabby Alonso, Shabby Alonso." We will come on to him. Um, but this is this is you know we've all seen the Bill Shankly you're having me on. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Clip of, of 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 people finding out about Shankly, and, and this kind of happened the same way. It wasn't like a yeah. rumor that built. Yeah. It was, oh my god, yeah. I mean, my WhatsApp's lighting up. Yeah, mm. yeah, Klopp's leaving Liverpool. I mean, it, this is the sort of news that, yeah. I mean, like, emotionally, how, how do you feel? You know, you've covered the club for so long, but you are. I think it's fair to say you are a Liverpool fan. You, you've covered them. You've you've sat in so many press conferences, so many breakouts, so many one-on-one interviews with Jurgen Klopp. How do you feel emotionally? I haven't had a chance to digest no. it, to be honest. You know, since the news broke, we've just been all hands on deck, haven't we? Covering the, the quotes, the interviews, um, the, the knock-on effect of the backroom mm. staff leaving and all that kind of stuff. So as we as we're recording, it's yeah. What is it? Quarter one. It's less than two hours since it became known, yeah. or, or less than three hours. We've got a press conference to the access train yeah. centre at three pm today. So we'll hear a little bit more from Jurgen on that one. That's going to be fascinating, isn't it? But um, yeah, it's it's. 
No, I've had loads of people messaging me already saying they're, they're, they're devastated and heartbroken mm. and um, all that type of stuff, and you can understand why. That's you know, hard. he's like you say, he's the modern day Bill Shankly, isn't mm. he? Um, so it's um, it's a huge day, but I think in the coming months, that's where it all starts to kind of dawn on supporters of just what this man has, has done for the club, certainly in the last five years, um, and a cup final to come. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's very very but you get to a cup final and that's the um, the second big yeah, story yeah. of the week isn't yeah, it um, yeah. but can this be harnessed in a way now mm-hmm. to really push on for the rest of the season and go and maybe win the Europa League mm-hmm. and, and you know the five points clear at the top of the Premier League as we're recording this so Liverpool are in a remarkable position and I just wonder how much um, I don't think it'll derail them in any way I think mm-hmm. it might kind of embolden them to, to go on and really push on so it's going to be a really uh, intriguing last sort of three months. Yeah, Dave Powell, our business of football reporter, who's a, who's a Chester fan, he, he tweeted saying they'll win the league now, and and, and, I, th- and I do wonder whether this will galvanise the players in the club to go. You know, we need to make this the most perfect season. Yeah, I, I can't stand all this talk of quadruples after you get to one cup final, but they've got a good chance to give this a glorious end to, to Jurgen Klopp's reign. And if he wins the Europa League, it's the one trophy he's not yeah. won at Liverpool. Yeah. So I'd, I'd love to see that. And I'd, been banging on about this big party in Dublin that, that yeah. Liverpool could have yeah. if they get there and, and what a way well, well that'd be yeah. after the Premier yeah. League season yeah. wouldn't it so yeah, yeah. you're right I, th- I think what, what the most kind of exciting thing of it all is you know Liverpool have had Liverpool supporters have had so many great days and, and great achievements under this manager but the the biggest one yet is still still there yeah. for them isn't yeah. it you know win the league not behind closed doors, you know. Imagine, imagine the celebrations across the city and across the world. Really, you know, yeah. various Liverpool, you know, hotspots. Yeah. Um, that is the one that you could potentially yeah. look at. And I think that could be the greatest ever. Yeah, I mean, first of all, if you're listening, thank you very much for supporting us. For listening, please do give us a like, subscribe, um, wherever you find your podcasts. Go on YouTube and and subscribe to our, our Blood Red channel. Ring the bell, and we'll um, yeah. we'll come directly to you. But but. Um, yeah, I mean, emotionally, I, I'm sort of all over the place, you know, I think for us, for people our age, we're both 35, 35? I'm 36. 36 yeah. now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm younger. But um, we're, we're both of an age where we'd never seen Liverpool win the league, um, you know, certainly it was two when they when they won it last before 2020, and for Jurgen Klopp to deliver another European Cup, the league, it just felt like, felt like we had to live a lifetime of listening to our... Yeah. Our family and friends and older people say, "Oh, you know, this, these were the glory years," and, and he lifted that weight, didn't he, um, off off the shoulders of all the younger fans and the people of our generation. So that was incredible. Uh, we got—I um, don't know whether you've ever seen those. I think like big people, little world books. Yeah. Have you seen them? Uh, so my son's five, Samuel, and he, my, my dad for Christmas got him. Um, sorry, Father Father Christmas. If you're watching, um, has got him one of those. Um, yeah, it's a Jurgen Klopp book. Um, so um, we've been reading it, and he's, he suddenly like took a real liking to it. Been reading it all week, and um, my wife texted me earlier saying, oh, "Just as Samuel was getting into it, we could have taken him <laughs> to a game, and he got to see Jurgen Klopp." So I'm absolutely gutted in some ways, yeah. but um, but, I, but I also think that clubs need to move on, and I think Liverpool should celebrate Klopp now they mm-hmm. should they should try and enjoy every every minute you know he's given the club so many memories and it, and it is sort of reasons why he said they said have you got a message to the fans and he said try to understand and, and try to accept it and it, it was an appeal for us to not be bitter not be upset but but celebrate him and, and celebrate everything they've achieved under him for the next five months and if they do that it could be a glorious end to the season 
um, and then the club moves on and, and, and great managers come and go there's a chance to to open another glorious yeah. chapter Do you, yeah. is that fair to say? Or yeah definitely I, I, I think you know reading between the lines of his, his interview with the club I got the feeling if, if last season wouldn't have been a total kind of disaster he, yeah, he, he, he might, might have, have might have called, yeah. called time then he, you know he said he was absolutely desperate to kind of get the club back on yeah. the rails yeah. and the fact that he made the decision in November sort of well two months after Ryan Gravenberg signs on, on transfer deadline day is like yeah. the kind of final piece in the in the midfield rebuild if you like and then the results start coming in and by November Liverpool were, were doing quite well weren't they? Mm-hmm. They, they were they were looking like they were going to be a top four team again and whatever else and he probably thought okay I've, I've stabilised them um, and I can finally leave with me head held high as yeah, opposed to yeah, yeah. shuffling out the back door on the back of a really poor season mm-hmm. and you know that they're the kind of lasting memories of, of his exit so if, I feel like that's been something that's been brewing for a while really um, so the fact that heading into the well, heading into the final third of the season in such a great position across all competitions he probably thinks now is the right time to get out and, and whatever happens between now and the end of the season you know Liverpool look like they're going to be back in the Champions League next season you know, they could easily have a Carabao Cup to the names well before the end of the season and they're probably that's probably a conservative estimate of, yeah. of what Liverpool can do this season. So, yeah, it's a demanding job. Um, he's never kind of hit that or shied yeah. away from it at all. Um, and after nearly a decade, it probably does take it so long, he doesn't it? And we know that he recently became a grandfather yeah. over the yeah. summer. I think that's probably played a big part in his thinking. I think he mentioned for the October international break that he had a visit back to Germany lined up and he was going yeah. to see his, grand- his grandson. And he was really looking forward to that. And, um, you know, Similar to Julian Ward to an extent, you know, after so long at such a big club, you do need a little bit of a rest and a recharge. And um, one of the big things he said for his new contract in April 2022 was he asked himself, has he got the energy for it? Mm. Um, and the answer was yes at the time. But over time, the energy levels drop, don't they? And um, he thinks that um, he's best stepping away and see what happens next. But whatever happens now, you know, going forward, it's going to be... Um, it's going to be fascinating in terms of how they kind of rebuild yeah. the inside of the club. I think he's, he's an emotional man as well, Klopp, isn't he? And you can tell that he he lives the roller coaster the, the, yeah, of the club, yeah. and and it, it probably does take its toll on him. You can kind of tell that, and, and it, in the video that the club put out today um, of him talking about it, you could just tell that there's. I think it probably has taken its toll on him in the last yeah, couple of years, yeah. especially since COVID, and you know he, he's managed Liverpool during a very unique spell for the world, hasn't he? With, with, with COVID hitting and stuff, so. I think, um, you know, I think he's always struck the right chord, hasn't he? And the, the moment he walked in and said, turn down to believers, you know, it, I remember seeing that interview at the time and thinking, wow, what a thing, what a thing to say. It was the perfect thing for Liverpool fans to hear at that time. It, it was, it just chimed with getting people up for, for yeah. it. And, and it's like it's reference yeah, now, that I mean, line, yeah, nine, nine years on. It's, it's basically, you know, all the things we can quote from Shankly, that will be, I think, mm. the, the Jurgen Klopp quote. If there's ever a statue, which maybe there should be outside Anfield yeah. one day, yeah, yeah. that will be, he turned doubters into believers, probably the thing yeah. that's underneath it. And and um, and that, yeah, I think it, we shouldn't underestimate how how tough it was to turn Liverpool fans from doubters into believers, because I think a lot of us who'd seen all those near misses for the league, seen you know players slip at the crucial moment, seen <clears> you know other teams put together some of the greatest runs of their lives... Yeah, we, we've seen glorious moments. We've seen European Cups. We've seen trophies galore. But, but I think with with the, with the league, 
I always certainly personally had that doubt in the back of my mind yeah, that Liverpool yeah. could get over the line. Liverpool could put it together in a 38-game season. I mean, there were spells where... I don't remember the spell before they lost at Watford. They, I don't mm. know how many games it was, but they drew one game <clears> and won every other yeah, game. Yeah. The, the, some of the sequences Klopp could put together in his time at Liverpool were, was just incredible. Playing a high-energy, attractive style of football that got the fans on side, creating some incredible players who... Let's face it, Liverpool didn't buy many superstars. They didn't go along, go out and buy Cristiano Ronaldo. They made superstars. And, and um, for Klopp to do it in the style that he has with some of the budgets that he has, I think is is just is incredible. And, and to me, obviously best manager in my lifetime, but I think uh, Alex Ferguson, you can, you can talk about. But to, for me, he beats Guardiola because of the resources mm. Liverpool had and, and the, the things that he's managed to do. At Liverpool, which which I think was altogether harder than Man City's sort of well well oiled, really rich machine that that just was was sort of built for success. So I, I think it's been incredible. Um, runners and riders, obviously Alonso um, yeah has come yeah. straight into it. Um, you and I had a, a little debate before over the desk, so let's 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 sort of reprise that now. Um, the Zerbi, you were quite, quite yeah. keen on. I mean, it was it was more just for for devil's advocate, but I do like the Zerbi. You know, I sat in the in the front row of his press conference at, yeah. at Brighton when after the one all draw, and just struck me as as having a bit of charisma about him and, and kind of answering things properly. And you know, it's different now because since since I've been doing this job, I kind of look at managers in a different light. I kind of mm-hmm. think what what would it be like going to his press conference every every Friday yeah, yeah. and listening to it and. I say people like Eric Ten Hag who, who don't really inspire, and no, no. you know, I remember Marcelo Bielsa is kind of revered as he was in his throw football. I remember thinking it'd be difficult to listen to this, you know, yeah. every week. Um, and Klopp was the perfect, perfect manager for that. He always struck, struck the right tone. He, he could be spiky with with the press. He still will be. I'm imagining in a couple of hours he probably yeah. snap back at one or two of us. <laughs> but yeah. he he was. He is a character and he's charismatic and he always yeah. gives you a, a line. And, yeah. and they're sort of some of the things that I look at now, obviously, aside from, from the results. Um, and when we've, when we've always spoken about who do, who do we think will replace Klopp, for me it's always been about who was who the manager at the time, who was who flying at the time, mm-hmm. because managers you know, blow hot and cold, don't they, based on the last five yeah. results or whatever. So that's always been something that kind of kicked down the road but I suppose now in the coming months we'll have to kind of look at it properly and Xabi Alonso is absolutely flying isn't he mm-hmm. at, uh, by Leverkusen at the top of the Bundesliga at the moment um, um, they, haven't lost I mean, they haven't lost all season which is incredible huge result um, against Leipzig last yeah. week beat, beat them 3-2 obviously German, big team in Germany themselves just seems to be someone who, who knows what it's like you know seems to have carved out a really good reputation already as a um, as a top manager, and sometimes it doesn't work out that way, does it? When you're yeah. a top player, you don't translate that into being an, an elite manager <clears throat> so easily. We've seen it with Frank Lampard and, and Steven Gerrard, yeah. um, Gary Neville, perhaps to a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, but Alonso, so far, so good. So you know, it is sort of who's the kind of flavour of the month at the time, and I'm sure what he's doing at Leverkusen will be being looked at very closely now. You know, in the FSG bubble, and probably has been. For a while, really, certainly since Klopp announced his, his plans in November. Um, aside from from him, there's not too many who jump out, are there? Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it, I mean, it's, it's, it's the, th- the most it's the most difficult job in, in football, isn't it? Replacing Klopp, it's yeah. um, going to be a thankless task. Yeah. Um, but it's one that they're going to have to get right. It's funny, isn't it? Because we were talking before when when Brendan Rodgers left, 
all, all was under pressure. I remember at that time, Klopp was out of work. He'd left Dortmund. He was mm. on his sabbatical. And, and, and Carlo Ancelotti, I can't remember who'd left, but he was out of work at the time. It might have been Real Madrid the first time around. Um, he was out of work at the time. And Liverpool fans were sort of, whoever he spoke to, and he said, which manager do you want? Both of their names came up. Yeah, you know, almost mean, always. Klopp, Klopp seemed the obvious choice, didn't he, given what yeah. he'd done at Dortmund? Yeah. Uh, but I remember thinking at the time, he's probably out of Liverpool's reach. You know, yeah. To, to yeah. Yeah. Not particularly doing great, and he yeah. was, he was on. Even then, he still had a massive reputation, didn't he? He felt a good emotional fit, didn't he? Mm. By the way, sorry if you if you're sitting yeah. there wondering why we're, we're touching our phones. I don't want you to think we're being rude. We're just sort of looking at the the, the latest reaction. Um, I've actually got the Bundesliga table yeah. open. Yeah, I'm but, waiting to see what's coming in. Yeah, as, as we're yeah. doing it. Um, so, but it, but it, but I remember at the time there, there were there were clear favourites, and I know there's a clear favourite now, but there's nobody really out of work. There's nobody Liverpool. The, tend to take, I mean, other than Rodgers, I'm trying to think in my lifetime, managers who have won silverware or have been involved in winning silverware. I know Julio was involved in the France 98 win. Um, Rafa Benitez has obviously won the league. Klopp had won the league. You know, yeah. these are sorts yeah. of managers. Um, obviously, Roy Evans was, was, was promoted from the boot room and, and, and Graham Souness had won, had won titles in Scotland. So there, there was, they, they tend to go for people proven. So Xabi Alonso would be totally, well, not totally unproven, but very unproven. Mm. He's very, very early in his career, and I think that is a huge gamble. And I don't always like thinking about ex-players yeah. because you because yeah. you love them as a player it doesn't mean that would be a manager. But the, I think the job he's doing, it's not just. I think with managers, it's not just the, the sort of the, um, the their tactical abilities or just their inspirational. It's also the aura. And Klopp had an aura. Pep has an aura. Alex Ferguson had an aura. Um, even Benitez had an aura. Um, in a way, didn't he? And, and uh, if you look at what Leverkusen are doing this season, 15 wins in the league, 18 games played, 15 wins, three three draws, no defeats, um, 48 points, four ahead of Bayern Munich, who you know, tend to walk that league. Mm. Um, 50 goals scored and only 14 conceded. And again, to put that into context, Bayern Munich have scored 53 goals and conceded 16. So, you know, sort of posting those types of numbers that the, the, the best team in the Bundesliga post. I mean... It's not just like Gerard did well at Rangers and Lampard did well. At, you know, it, it's not just a young manager starting out. It, it really is impressive stuff, and I feel like he's he's got that aura about him. Liverpool fans will buy in, and that's a big thing. You know, you need fans. Yeah, fans were split on Rodgers almost from the moment he came in. As soon as he was under a bit of pressure, it it, it it he struggled, and I think fans will buy into Alonso. Um, does Erby for me? My, my worry with with Brighton and and some of their managers we've seen before that. The setup there means that yeah. some managers can yeah, shine yeah. and and, and Potter shone there, um, but we found out pretty quickly that Chelsea was kind of out of his depth, and I, I don't necessarily know whether Deserby would would be right for Liverpool. Um, but but uh, you know, yeah, I mean he's, he's got what just a little over twelve months yeah. at Brighton. He finished yeah. six of them last season, and he yeah. obviously really pushed them on. And he and did well in Italy as well, and he was yeah. a Shakhtar, wasn't he? Um, got them into to the Europa League for the first yeah. time in their history. Yeah. Um, but he's had to deal with some big losses, hasn't he? Alexis yeah. McAllister, Moises yeah. Caicedo, yeah. and he's trying to replace them on a little yeah. bit of a, a smaller budget. Um, but you know, he's certainly someone who's got pedigree. I think with Alonso is, and he probably probably has already said it in various interviews, the, the amount of quality managers who he had across his career. You know, um, mm. Carlo Ancelotti, obviously Guardiola yeah. at Bayern yeah. Munich, that yeah. right? Um, yeah. Benitez at Liverpool, yeah. um, Del Bosque at, at Spain, I think. Yeah. I think that when he won the World Cup twenty ten. You know, we'll have picked up little bits from all of those, and and a similar thing with with Steven Gerrard. 
where he had loads of top managers across his career. But you know, Alonso is very much walking the walk at the moment, yeah. isn't he? In, in a, a league that's usually dominated by Bayern Munich. If he goes on and wins the Bundesliga, I think he would be the outstanding candidate for me. Um, Carlo Ancelotti just signed a new deal at Real Madrid, mm-hmm. and that, that a lot of people thought he might go to Real Madrid. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't strike me as someone who comes in and takes a project, though. Ancelotti, no, very much, no. you know, a. a or um, sorry, a mass-play manager, if that, if that yeah, makes sense. What, what I was saying was that Alonso was favourite to go to Real Madrid, wasn't he? But if Alonso oh, right, is yeah, staying, yeah, yeah. then it sort of opens the door. And, and you're thinking, you're looking at Alonso, thinking if you're going to cut a very promising spell short at Leverkusen, where would he go? Well, you're already thinking Liverpool and, and yeah. Real Madrid are the two clubs. If Real Madrid's not available, Liverpool is. It kind of feels as if the the iron is hot. Type yeah, thing and, yeah. Uh, I mean, if it, if it wasn't Jabby Alonso, who was who was leading the Bundesliga in, mm. and playing this sort of football where they're not losing yeah. and, and whatever else, and I think they're up there with Liverpool as one of the Europa yeah. League favourites, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. People would probably be already be looking at it and thinking, who's this fella? You know, yeah. he, he might be all right. So, yeah, it's um, it's but it's good. tricky, isn't it? I mean, the other yeah. one we haven't mentioned yet, obviously with with Liverpool announcing. Not just Jurgen Klopp's departure, Peter Kravitz, Victor Matos, yeah. but, but yeah. Pep Linders, mm. which I thought was very interesting because Pep Linders is someone that has been spoken about so many times. And, and within Liverpool's statement, they said Pep Linders also leaves as he's keen to pursue a managerial career. And I, and I thought that was quite interesting because it was almost the club saying, but that won't be with us. And maybe, look, maybe that's just part of the, the language that they're using. And as the season goes on, we might see a negotiation, whatever. But... I thought it was quite interesting that they announced Pep Linders' departure when a lot of people have spoken about Pep just maybe stepping up and, and yeah. continuing Klopp's style and Klopp's, Klopp's reign after he's gone. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've had a few opportunities to speak to mm. Pep this season with the um, Carabao Cup press conferences and, and he, it's just sometimes hearing a different voice, you know, it, it's it, it's nice to hear some of his insights and some of the things he says makes you think, oh yeah, I don't really think of it that way, you know, fascinating the way he talks about the game. But he has tried manage, manager um, positions previously, hasn't he? He managed mm. NEC Nijmegen in, in Holland yeah, for yeah. six months. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't particularly really work, work. probably a hundred thousand reasons why yeah. none of them reflect accurately on his kind of coaching acumen. But um, yeah, it is interesting that you know that they've already announced that he's been leaving. Maybe when the job yeah. becomes available, he then forwards a CV and, and they have a look at it. I don't really know, but um, <clears throat> he's another one who's been at the club. He's been there longer than Klopp, hasn't he? He's been there 10 years now and sort of come through the rankings and he, he's still only 41. He was yeah. 41 on Wednesday, so mm. he's still very young and, and you know one of the most highly rated Coaches, assistants right, yeah. in European football, you'd imagine. But does that translate to, to the big job itself? We're not sure, but um, these are the sorts of questions that the right people have got to get right in the yeah. next few months and um, it's going to be going to be fascinating really, isn't yeah, it? It is going to be fascinating. I'm going to put you on the spot. Five clock moments. Yeah. Yours. Give us them. <clears throat> um, win the Champions League in Madrid. Number one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, biggest competition in club football, isn't it? And, and that sort of two-minute video that the club put out where they're just training on him for yeah. maybe like three yeah. or four minutes yeah, and yeah. just like following him around the ground. Yeah. And that was Incredible, unbelievable. Yeah. Um, win the Premier League, obviously. Um, I was fortunate enough to be there when they lifted it, but I know that so many others weren't and, and that was kind of dampen it slightly would, would that be above yeah I yeah, think so yeah. if you know if that would have been 50,000 in Anfield on that yeah. night um, but obviously the way the way it checked out <clears throat> Club World Cup was, was a big one actually yeah. um, the, you know I think it was the only competition the club hadn't won um, yeah. and they went and won it in um, in Qatar was it yeah. um, that was quite big 
Barcelona, Anfield's greatest night, wasn't it? Four nil. There's four, and running on the pitch when Origi got to Barbie yeah, and I yeah. just for um, just because of the, the local rivalry. But we could sit in and pick out twenty five and mine just five. I'm going to throw back in that very first interview, Dallas to believe, mm. and just breathing a breath of fresh air into Liverpool that was just so desperately needed at that point, and and and. And just yeah, doing exactly that. It was sort of confirmed that everyone's suspicions that his personality yeah, would yeah. suit Liverpool so well. He did exactly that. He bought into what the club was about, what the city was about, um, and there's a million you know million on pitch reasons why he's been a brilliant Liverpool manager. But it's all those off the pitch things, yeah. you know. His, his, I know his wife did things you know sort of during COVID, which were which were really good for the city and for different people. Um, he he was. He was just somebody that gets this place, and not everyone does. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've seen the video of the club put out on Christmas Day of the young fan from Ireland who yeah, come over yeah, with, with severe yeah. disabilities, and, and that was just an incredible yeah. insight into the the, the charisma of, of the man, his ability to just sit and, and talk with these strangers yeah. who, who revered him, but he yeah. was talking like they were yeah. they were his friends, and he'd known them for years, and, and um, I know that was... Um, loads of sports were talking about yeah. that on Christmas Day, weren't they? Yeah. And um, that was, you know, little things like that that he, yeah. he's done. And he's, you know, you can't think of anyone better than, you know, you can think maybe certain managers do this yeah. and certain managers do that. But the off the field stuff, the human stuff, yeah. the human elements of it all, which um, is a significant one at a club like Liverpool with the things that they have to, you know, deal with on a week to week basis, really. But that was incredible for me. And, um, I suppose it's it's one of the things that might come into consideration when they're looking at the replacement. Because, um, yeah, yeah. like you say, it does go beyond what yeah. what team you pick on over weekend, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, just one final thing before we go. What was he like behind the scenes? You dealt with him a lot. Mm. Um, obviously, you see the jokes, you see the, the personality, you, you also see the spiky bits. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was he like one-on-one? What was he like in those moments where the cameras aren't rolling? Funny, funnily enough... Um, on Wednesday, I was at the Fulham game and I, and I was trying to get into the, the mix zone where, where the reporters can <clears throat> talk to the players and it was all cordoned off because Liverpool were just coming out and mm. he got he got kind of, not ambushed, wrong phrase, but they all just kind of, loads of fans piled yeah, towards the, yeah. the barrier and he was signing the autographs and taking selfies with them and saying hello. To, people were on FaceTime saying, say, yeah, say hello yeah. to Dave yeah, and he was like, hello Dave and... Yeah. You know, he didn't know he didn't know journalists were about. I was just kind of standing at the back, just watching it all yeah. unfold, and um, you could tell he was he was faintly embarrassed by the attention on him, yeah. and, and the security were a bit twitchy and whatever yeah. else. But it was just it just encapsulated the you know what he means to people really. Um, these are all kind of young fans, absolutely loving the fact that Ian Klopp was there signing the shirts and all that type of stuff. And um, with the press, it depends what they caught him on, what he asked them, yeah. uh, what yeah. he wanted to know, and. Um, He's certainly shot back at me a handful of times and other people a few times as well. But um, at the moment, there's certainly a bit of a spring in a step. There's a feel-good factor around the place in general and, mm. and he's feeding into all of that. And um, I think it bodes well, actually, that he told them in November and, and Liverpool's results haven't dipped yeah, as a result. Yeah. Um, so if they can kind of harness that for the coming months, it could, uh, could yet be the, the, the greatest of all of the seasons. Brilliant. We'll, we'll get you back on after this press conference later on and we'll, we'll have a good chat. If you'll humour, humour me before you go, um, we will be covering the press conference live. We will have plenty more to come um, throughout the day, throughout the coming weeks. Um, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, on YouTube, on Facebook, um, Blood Red LFC. Um, 
And also you can sign up to one of our WhatsApp groups to have news directly to you. And we've got a great new app. Um, a lot of people say to us, we can't read your stuff. Yeah. The, the adverts yeah. are awful. <clears throat> and and we, we get that. Um, but we've got this new premium LFC app. Um, if you type in LFC Echo into App Store or, or uh, Google Play Store, um, you'll find it um, with some great premium content. I promise you, no adverts, really slick, really nice. And um, perfect timing, really, if you want to read all yeah. about Jürgen Klopp. Um, so thanks very much. Um, yeah, um, and good luck today, of course. <laughs> yeah. No tears, please? No, no, no. Yeah. You might be in a good mood, though. Yeah, cool. All right, see you soon. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.